You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's episode 101 of the podcast. Welcome. Great to be with you once again, Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne. And we're wrapping up our division preview series this episode, talking about the Atlantic division. So looking forward to uh, that conversation. But first, we'll say hey to Case and Chad. How are we doing, guys? Episode 101, because you're going to be learning a lot like a freshman college class. (laughs) Doing all right, though, as you can see. Not in my uh, workout office again, back in Brockville for the holidays. Couldn't be happier about it. Got a good weekend booked ahead. Yeah, there you go. Sam, Paige and I are uh, hosting Thanksgiving for the first time in our new apartment. Uh, so that should be good. The family's coming up. I'm going to cook the turkey uh, for the first time. And, and that's Paige beside me getting into the shot as well. So she's here. And- so when you see a skyscraper on fire later, uh, on Sunday, that's actually Chad yeah. bringing the place down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, good good weekend ahead. Uh, just, you know, ready for Thanksgiving. Took a little break. You know, we got the long weekend and then back to it next week for for midterm so that should be fun but yeah overall good stuff the nhl starts as well and uh, i should mention too in case anything happens over the next couple days here we are recording on a thursday not the monday but this will be out on uh, the monday of the long weekend so if anything happens in the meantime don't blame us for not talking about it this is a bit of a pre-recorded but uh you know just wanted to get all these episodes out before the NHL season starts, which is on Tuesday, I believe. That's right. Yeah, October 12th. And uh, couldn't be more excited. And three days later, NHL 22 comes out. So uh, lots to look forward to. It's a great time of year. And yes, like Chad said, we are recording on a Thursday uh, for Monday's episode. So if Brady Kachuk signs with the Senators oh. or Jack Eichel gets traded and we don't comment on it, that is why. Please don't rip us for Brady, any of that. So. Brady has to sign because I have him in fantasy, and I know he's going to be a really good player, but if he doesn't sign, that's going to screw my entire season, and I'll never forgive the player. Just putting <laughs> that out there. And we might not actually talk about Eichel uh, because it voids my contract, that's and right. I, I am no longer speaking of Jack Eichel. That's right. <laughs> we did write that up. All right, that's great. And uh, so, yeah, like we mentioned uh, off the top, we're going to be talking about the Atlantic Division to wrap up our uh, division preview series. And so let's get into it. So our rankings one through eight. And uh, Casey, we will start with you. Take it away. Yeah, this division, it's another one that's actually fun to talk about, like really fun to talk about, especially at the top. And then it kind of drops into a a pit of absolute nonsense near the end there. Uh, No offense, Harp, but my rankings had a hard time picking between these top four. Not going to lie. I could shuffle the deck here and be totally fine with whatever spits out. But I have Tampa at number one, Florida at number two, Toronto at number three, Boston at number four, Montreal five, Detroit six, Ottawa seven and Buffalo in the basement at number eight. Wow. Yeah, very similar rankings case. And I did want to say that off the top that I see this division divided into 
two divisions, really. I see um, the upper echelon of the NHL, and that's the top four teams in this division, which are all probably going to finish top 10 in the league this year. I don't think that would be surprising to anyone. Um, And then the bottom four in this division, which, quite frankly, one of them is an AHL team and the rest are, you know, they're going to be competing for most likely a top pick. So and I don't think that's uh, crazy to say either. You know, we're we're looking at the Canadians who finished 18th last year. Yes, they went to the conference finals. So you have to consider that. You've got the Sens who are apparently done rebuilding but if you look at their roster i don't think they should be redone but anyways they're still in that stage and then the bottom two in buffalo and detroit they're still completely rebuilding i think detroit's a lot closer because buffalo just restarted but yeah so i see this a tale of two divisions but here are my rankings uh, I do agree that the top four can be interchangeable in any way. I am pretty set in my bottom four, though, so I guess we'll see where we differ there. Uh, I've got Tampa Bay at number one. I don't think that's a surprise. I think it's their division to lose. Um, yeah, so I'll, we, we can talk about that as we go on. I've got Toronto at number two, um, and obviously that's not a biased pick. By my hat, shirt, and jersey behind me, you know that that's not a biased pick. <laughs> uh, I've got Boston at three, and I've got Florida at four. Then at five, I've got Montreal, uh, six, Ottawa, seven, Detroit, and eight, Buffalo. Yeah, Chad, it's uh, a good way to to put it, you know, that uh, these these eight teams in this division, they're kind of divided up into into two groups, sort of top tier and bottom tier. Um, For me, it's it's Tampa Bay's division all the way. They have a legitimate chance to uh, go for a a third straight Stanley Cup. Uh, I don't think that would surprise anybody if that happened this year, if they were able to get it done. Uh, So I've got them in number one, Florida in uh, the number two spot uh i think they really improved their top six in the off season by picking up uh, sam reinhardt uh, tr- uh toronto in that number three spot boston in the number four spot uh montreal at five ottawa at six detroit at seven and yes my buffalo sabers <laughs> in that eighth spot so uh I liked your uh, AHL team comment there, Chad. I'm sorry I don't have my Rochester American shirt <laughs> on me uh, for this episode, but uh, yeah, no question, they're they're at the bottom of uh, of this division. The rebuild is uh, starting again, so uh, pretty pretty similar all across the board. But uh, let's uh, let's kick it off by talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, back to back Stanley Cup champions, going for a third. Yeah, Case, you wanna you wanna start or do you want me? <laughs> Yeah, I can go ahead and talk about these guys. And it's just amazing that they're they're able to hold their core together time and time again every offseason after you think, God, these guys are in probably salary cap hell. And and you think, oh, no, they lost a lot of good depth pieces in Gord and Coleman and uh, Goudreau, like that that whole bottom or uh, bottom six it, it, it was so phenomenal last year and you're like oh no what are they going to do you know what they're going to do they're going to slot in two young guys that are going to p- fit perfectly in there and joseph and colton and then they're going to pick up one of the best defensive forwards analytically last year in uh pe bellamare so these guys they just always find a way to to stay uh not only relevant but at the top of the league every single year Corey perry and patrick maroon that's going to be fun to watch in the bottom six as well like phenomenal and then you just you have to love 
their decor so much. Uh, they've kind of figured out this formula where put absolutely anyone with Victor Hedman because he's going to dictate the play regardless of who plays with him. So you can put Jan Ruta up there and Jan Ruta is suddenly like a, a, a solid top four defenseman in the league. It's great. And then Ryan McDonough and Chernak, that's a filthy second pair as well. And Sergachev playing on a bottom pair. that He's not on a bottom pair on any other team in this league. So... I absolutely love this team and and something I haven't even touched on is they have the best goalie in the National Hockey League. Yeah. So there's not too much to dislike about this team. And uh, there's even more guys in the system ready to to crack this roster as well. So great team. Yeah. This team last year finished uh, tied for eighth in the NHL overall, and they were missing probably actually i don't even think it's arguably anymore the best right winger in the national hockey league in nikita kucherov that guy's probably going yeah. to put up uh the last i checked from uh dom decision at the athletic his project projected points uh has him at right around 130 plus points for this season 82 games like he had 128 the last year he was fully healthy he missed all of last year had an unbelievable playoff like was you know i think he was the runner-up for the con Smythe like two seasons in a row so the guy is just insane they're getting him back all season long so there you go um i will say though i do think that their forward group got worse on paper from losing Gord, Coleman, and Goodrow. Uh, you know, Gord was fourth in team scoring last year, which I was surprised about. I didn't realize that he had that many points last year, um, over a point per game, which, wow. Uh, and then also Coleman was seventh, and Goodrow was 11th, but he also brought, you know, something else that, you know, there's a reason the Rangers picked him up after the Tom Wilson incident. We talked about that last week. Um, but you're right, Case. Like they did add some some uh, you know notable players as well. Like Belmar is definitely the best player that they added this offseason, and he's going to fit in very nicely as a middle six player. Uh, Corey Perry, you don't need much from him in the regular season, but he'll be able to to bring playoff hockey when they need it the most. Similar to a Pat Maroon, who doesn't really do much in the regular season anymore, but you know why you have a player like that on your team. Uh, and then you know. I look at the backup goalie position of this team, and last year they had Curtis McElhaney, um, and I think Spencer Martin, I think, played a few games last year. Maybe that was two years ago, but it has been McElhaney. Um, and now it's it's Brian Elliott. So I'm a little worried about that, but in terms of playoff success, that doesn't matter at all because it's going to be the big cat. I just hope and I wonder what will happen if the big cat, Andre Vasilevsky, does go down for an injury i don't think their goaltending depth is uh is great so that's something that's an area of concern of very few areas of concern i will say about this yeah i think they're gonna knock on dallas's door pretty fast if that happens but i think for the time being you you can feel pretty comfy that vasilevsky is gonna play like 70 games this year yeah (laughs) exactly um and then also case you mentioned like ross colton matthew joseph uh, even Taylor Radish, like those guys, uh, especially the first two, are prime breakout candidates. They're going to be getting more ice time. They're a year older. Uh, you know, they've won <laughs> like already. So, and and another guy too is Cal Foot. So all of these younger players are expected to step into to a role, and I think they are all more than capable of doing that and uh, just helping this team finish first place in the Atlantic. You're not supposed to have young, talented players ready to crack the roster after you won two Stanley Cups. Yeah. That's not supposed to be the way things go, but mm-hmm. you can thank Stevie Y for that. 
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They are such a, a, a powerhouse of an organization. We've said it time and time again. Another good young player who I think is going to break out for them and that we haven't even mentioned is uh, Alex Barboulet as well uh, in the bottom six. He's a, a good young player for the Tampa Bay Lightning ready to uh, have an increased role for sure. And, and you know, the one player I want to talk about for a minute as well, Case, you absolutely love this guy. And I think now he is a top 10 center in the NHL, and that's Brady Point. I mean, yeah. this guy is just an absolute stud. And uh, like you said, Kucherov, best right winger in the league. He could he could lead the league in points this year. Hedman's the best D-man. Vasilevsky's the best goalie. I mean, uh, they are just absolutely stacked. And uh, again, like I've said a couple of times now in this episode, um, it wouldn't surprise anyone in the hockey world if they uh, won a third straight Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah no, Braden right. Point, he, just one last point, like, I don't think there's many players I would want on my team than Braden Point if I had the pick of the litter. There's there's only a handful, maybe like six or seven players personally. I absolutely love the player. So yeah, having him as your first line center is is nothing to scoff at. And then you still have St- Steven Stamkos who can play center as well. So yes, it's, it's a great team. Yeah. It sure is. Uh, All right, boys, let's move on to that number two spot. And uh, Case, you and I have got the Florida Panthers. Chad, you've got the the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, So, yeah, let's let's start uh, talking about the uh, the Panthers. Uh, Case, uh, do you want to start start that uh, conversation? Yeah, you know, there's something about this team's identity that I just love. And it kind of seems like you can fit most people onto this lineup and they're going to improve every single time it, it seems to happen. And um, it, it's kind of the same way with the back end that on paper may not look like the most attractive thing in the world, but I still know that they're going to be a very hard team to score against. And uh, I love that top pair so much of Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Eckblad picked up Weger and fantasy. And I know that's going to be a, a nice little sleeper because that guy banged, bashes and shoots the puck so he's going to be fun to watch and then yeah you you said it at the beginning of this harp they made this top six even stronger you looked at where this team finished last year i think it was second in the central and they they didn't have sam reinhardt they like you you lose alex wenberg and nikita gusev and you get sam reinhardt to to fill in that hole that sounds pretty freaking good to me a few more goals to be popping in there uh it'll be interesting to see how they they work with the top line you could go a complete powerhouse of huberto barkov and reinhardt or you could uh mix for hagey in there or owen Tippett, or even anthony duclair can can seem to score at will on this team nowadays and signed a nice little contract here so there's a lot of things to like about this team uh including their special teams but i do get a little worried when i look at the back end and there's a lot of question marks there um but it can also be very solid if spencer knight is who we think he is or if bob can get back to form so i i like this team a lot and i have them coming second If, if you look at last year i think they improved this team and uh they they fared pretty well in the overall scheme of things last year yeah, so last year this team finished fourth in the NHL, in the whole NHL. Yeah. They were great. Um, 
They did lose Wenberg, like you said. He was kind of struggling, uh, but I do think it left a bit of a hole at the second-line center position. Right now, it's Sam Bennett slotting in there, um, and I don't love that as a second-line center. Uh, now, listen, I don't think Florida's a bad team by any means. Like, I put them fourth because I like, I didn't put them fourth because I think they're a bad team. I think they're definitely a playoff team. Um, but listen, I, I think this team is bound to regress and i think they have a handful of players who are bound to regress so that's why i have them at four and not two so let me make an argument there i'm willing to move them up though so don't don't worry about uh, this being uh, you know too contentious so i look at a couple guys and I, i look at carter verhage and sam bennett they both had career years last year and i just like i said i think they're both due to regress so when i was reading uh the athletic yesterday i was reading a, uh, an article called uh, the top 10 regression candidates for this upcoming season. And one of the factors that they used when saying that Jason Spezza was going to be a, a huge regression candidate for the Maple Leafs was uh, IPP. So individual points percentage. And that got me thinking, um, you know, individual points percentage, it takes how many points a player gets and divides that by the number of goals that their team scored when that player was on the ice. Last season, Jason Spezza was nearly at 100%, meaning that the team scored 100% of goals like when he was on the ice. Like he was nearly on the ice. Every time he was on the ice, it nearly went in. They, that's kind of how it works, but you can't expect yeah. that. No, I, I don't know. I, I know you know what you're saying, but you might have said that a little weird. Right, I might So have. every time a goal was scored when Jason Spezza was on the ice, he was involved. Right, exactly. So, yeah, thanks for clarifying that. So you expect good players to have a really high IPP. So it's not a bad thing to have a high IPP. What is a bad thing in the eyes of, you know, an analytics person when looking at this is comparing a very high IPP in one year to a very low or average IPP the years before. So I did that for these two players, not really expecting what to get, because in my mind, I thought these players had career years. Let's see what the numbers say. So both Verhage and Bennett had career high individual points percentages by a shit ton. Like it wasn't even close. So I expect both of those players to reduce their scoring a bit from the paces that they were on last season with Florida, which I don't think is crazy to say. I think most people would expect some regression. I just wanted to point out that there are numbers to back that up as well. Now, if Reinhardt can bring in some of that scoring that they're missing, I understand that they might still be able to score a ton of goals. After all, they scored fourth most in the NHL last season. It's just a point I wanted to bring up on regression and sticking with that uh, point, not necessarily on regression, but just in terms of uh, you know the advanced stats overall, I look at their goaltending as an absolute mess. Last season, only one of the three goalies that played for them stopped more goals than they were expected to. And that was the guy they lost this offseason in Chris Drieger. Now, I understand that Spencer Knight is very young and it was a very small sample size, but just given that, I'm just not confident in the goaltending that they'll be able to keep out as many goals as maybe they did last year. So I look at this team and I think they're still an extremely good team, but I think they're going to have to score their way out of trouble. And if Reinhardt doesn't produce or Huberto takes a step back or Barkov or whatever, right? Or if they don't get the same kind of production up and down their lineup that they did last season 
then I just see some regression. And that's why I have them at fourth. So I hope you guys understand sort of my nuanced mm. argument there and not saying that yeah, this yeah. team is bad. So there you go. I, I, do, I do agree with you, but uh, I did read a little bit about that IPP. Um, and, and one thing that, uh, like my argument against that, at least in this scenario, I, I may agree with it with Jason Spezza, which kind of hurts. But right. at the same t- time, I disagree with it here because these are guys on a new team. Mm-hmm. And to me, that kind of takes the IPP argument and makes it irrelevant because it's a totally different system, a totally different team. If Rehagi was on this team before, like actually on Florida, you know, he kind of blew up out of the AHL last year. Yeah. Um, if he was actually on Florida and had that that scenario, then yeah. If Sam Bennett played all year in Florida the year before, yeah, I'd agree ag- again. But I think when a, a guy joins a new team, it kind of eliminates that IPP in my eyes because it's a totally different life for that player. And that's what I'm thinking is going to happen to Sam Reinhardt as well. He was obviously not bad in Buffalo. He was their, one of their best players. But I think that joining this system, he's going to improve just as everyone else who joins this team does. Anthony Duclair is a huge example of that. You mentioned, or I mentioned Wenberg. Yeah. He was terrible on Columbus and was put on waivers. And he still he looked much better when he joined Florida. Um, mm-hmm. And that game was shot at Seattle now. So uh, I see... Reinhardt coming in and it may lower for Hagee's IPP because Sam Reinhardt's, Reinhardt's going to be scoring more and that just means more goals and then looking at this team and they scored the fourth most goals in the NHL last year I didn't see any scorers on this team last year other than Barkov and Uberdo and they still managed to do it they just kind of find a way because I just I really love their their system um, I'm going to fully agree with you on, D, on goalie though that's the oh. scariest thing we, we have no clue how this is going to look <laughs> next year so that's kind of exciting but um, personally, I, I do agree that Verhage has to regress. There's, you know, that was a dream last year, yeah. but I don't think it'll be bad as as one would think. And and same as Sam Reinhart, especially if he's playing second line, he's going to be getting a lot of minutes and playing with uh, some pretty good players, regardless of who's lining up beside him. Yeah, yeah. Like and and talking about Reinhardt specifically for for a second, you know, like he played a lot of uh, first line center down the stretch for for Don Granado, right? Like, and now he can just come into Florida and go back to the right side and either have Sam Bennett or Alex Barkov, and you know, there's a good chance that especially if he's playing with Barkov, like Reinhardt could easily put 30, 35 goals in the net for this team another guy to uh to not forget about who um has really thrived under joel quenville uh in his first season was uh patrick hornquist for uh for a veteran um fit into the top six really well with the florida panthers and uh i look at that uh with with guys on their back end as well like uh, gustav forsling who uh earned himself a nice contract extension and uh really took a step last year was getting some power play time he's maybe another guy uh just talking about their back end that could regress a little bit um but uh yeah i mean these are all guys that uh came to florida it was a nice change for them and have thrived really well under quenville and the coaching staff we know what spencer knight is going to be he's going to be an excellent national hockey league goaltender and certainly showed that right away but uh you're right guys it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see 
how the young kid does between the pipes uh, in a full 82-game season. And uh, you have got a an aging backup who's making $10 million a year uh, who, who's backing him up. And Oof. we don't know how Bob is going to be. And that's the other thing, too. Like, what if one of those guys goes down? Who will be their third goaltender? That's something I wonder about because Samuel Montembeau was just claimed off waivers by the Montreal Canadiens. So Florida no longer has him as a third option. So, yes, I do agree while this is a good team, an improved team after this offseason, adding a guy like Sam Reinhart, goaltending is a bit of a concern. But I still like them in this number two spot. Okay. And I'm okay to put them there if like, cause you guys, you know, it's two against one. So let's put them in the two spot. And then I think that settles our three and four as well. Right. Then we have Toronto three and Boston four. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, Melbs, why don't you take it away? Let's talk about your, uh, your Toronto Maple Leafs. And, uh, by the way, guys, like, you know, we're, uh, we're going to try and cut chat off. I and mean, <laughs> if it was up to him, he would talk about Toronto for the rest of the time that we have. And, uh, you know, we yeah. would just say, I have a life. The the t- <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> we would just, <laughs> That's we would just read out the rest of our, of our standings for this division, but no, Chad, we, we got to talk about the Maple Leafs. We've, we've got them in this third spot in this division. Uh, you lead us off. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just looking at this team, uh, you know, of last year and they tied for fifth in the NHL. And we talked about that last episode, actually, because they tied with the two aging Metro teams, which is Pittsburgh and Washington. So they tied for fifth in the NHL. So there's that. Um, Toronto scored the sixth most goals in the NHL, allowed the seventh fewest. And I wanted to point out on that point, the seventh fewest, that do you guys remember last year when we did this episode and I said Toronto might have a top six, top six D in the NHL and I was kind of you know being a bit facetious but I do want to point out that this defense last year was very good and maybe not top six like I was saying but uh, allowed the seventh fewest goals in the NHL so we'll take that in a division that had Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl playing those guys eight times so uh, I think that's a win I look at this forward group um, I think they rel- like they stayed relatively the same from last year obviously they lost Zach Hyman um, but I think they added enough depth to be able to um, you know replace some of those goals like the way I see it if Hyman scores you know maybe 30 goals this year if he plays in the top six with Matthews and Marner I mean the last two seasons he was on pace for around 30 goals I think between you know all the money that we would have spent on Hyman in getting Richie, Bunting, Kasha, Camp, I think there's 30 goals there. So I don't really see Hyman as too much of a loss, especially for the price tag. That's just the way I see it. You guys can disagree if you'd like. Um, I think their defense stays the same. And like I mentioned, it was pretty good last year. They lost Zach Bogosian. Um, I don't think that's a huge loss considering Dermott now will be playing the right side. And also Timothy Liljegren, who I expect to make the team this year. And if he doesn't, or at least get into you know way more games than he did last season, I'll be disappointed because he's looked fantastic in preseason and in training camp. So wanted to say that as well. Um, and, you know, the problem last season for this team and especially in the playoffs like in the all or nothing documentary was depth scoring i already mentioned jason spezza you know as a player very likely to regress a bit 
he was like the only depth scorer the Leafs had. You know, Ilya Mikheyev could not score a goal after he, you know, had his wrist injury. Very, very low shooting percentage. Who knows if he'll bounce back this year. But so that's going to be the story, I think, for the Leafs, uh, not only in the regular season, but in the postseason as well, is can you get that depth scoring? Because you know Matthews is going to have, you know, 50 plus goals. You know Marner is going to have like 100 points or whatever. Tavares, Nylander are going to be, you know, close to a point per game around there. Uh, Tavares especially and and so you're not really worried about the big four you're worried about the depth so you need guys to sort of step up Mikheyev is one the guys I mentioned earlier like Richie and Bunting those guys are, are other guys who need to step up before I I pass this on I wanted to to say two more things so the first thing is that I think their goaltending improved a lot um considering Freddie Anderson was injured like all of last season and it was impossible to have two healthy goalies because Jack Campbell was also injured. But, uh, you know, now we've got Campbell and Mrazek, which is, I think, a very competent duo and one of the better tandems, I would say, uh, or at least better than than people give them credit for, especially when you're looking at, you know, my favorite money puck stack, goal saved above expected. These two guys are, are right up there with some of the best in the league, uh, at least over the last couple seasons anyway. So I think it got better. And final point, I just wanted to read to you guys what my my personal ideal lineup would be because I think with the Leafs, there's always questions of who plays with who. So just wanted to read that out quick. First line, Richie Matthews Marner. Second line, Bunting Tavares Nylander. Third line, Spezza Kerfoot Kasha in a third line scoring role as opposed to Kerfoot playing a third line defensive role last season, which sucked. And then fourth line, Mikheyev, Kampf, and Simmons or whoever else wants to rotate into that spot to be a you know a bit tougher, harder to play against line as a fourth line. And then on D, Riley Brody, uh, then second pairing, Muzzin and Liljegren. I think he's been that good in preseason. He's he certainly looked better than Justin Hall and Travis Dermott. Hall has looked terrible in preseason. I don't know why, but that's just the way I see it. And then third pairing, Sandin Hole. And then obviously Campbell and Mrazek in net. But yeah, so we're expecting some big years from some young players. That's my lineup. That's my spiel on the Leafs. Like Casey last episode, I you know, I had to get it out uh, about, you know, your devils and my Leafs. So give me your comments on that. And what do you think about this team finishing third now in the Atlantic? Yeah, um, I think you're going to have to trade Mikey F pretty quick if you're playing him on the fourth line. He, yeah. It sounds like he's going to be a, a pissy little boy about that. But um, <laughs> Well, he is yeah, playing th- top was, six right now. I will say that. This is just my yeah. lineup. Yeah, that, well, that was kind of going to be my question anyway. So I, I'm glad you jumped at that because it seems to be the case with Toronto that it's always the question of who's going to play where and, and more so than any other team except maybe Edmonton. And, and that, that question's been answered now. So yeah. Um, it's become the question of the McDavid, you know, who's going to play on his wings is who's going to play with Matthews and Marner in, in my head. And Richie is the natural choice right away for me. We'll see how that changes over the season. I think that's going to be the narrative throughout the whole season with Toronto is oh. uh, who are we going to freaking cycle through that first line and even the second line for in my mind. But yep. yeah, like you said, uh, I think in terms of net goals, it's impossible to really look at that because, you know, it is. Uh, that was last season. It's a whole different thing uh, this year. But if you look at net goals, I think you still came out on top with the guys that you replaced uh, in your depth and losing Hyman. You're, you're right on, you know, right on there. So, um, 
there's a few guys that I'm interested to see what they can do in Toronto. It, it's not always the case that someone can thrive coming into Toronto. And uh, I'm happy to see what's going to happen to Kasha and Camp and Bunting. But um, yeah, I, I think this team has a lot of hopes. And me putting them at third has not as much to do as tr- with Toronto as it does with Tampa and Florida. And uh, these guys coming in third, they're probably still going to be the fef- fifth best team in the NHL this year. Yeah. And th- like, qualify that regular season like we need to see some playoff success until yeah. we, you know what i mean like you can't even say My, one of the best in the league because they can't win in the playoffs yeah well i mentioned that with the islanders they're the the opposite of the islanders right yeah. and that is the scary thing hopefully this amazon series is gonna put some fear into every player in toronto um the only thing i can really be afraid about with this team and and it kind of seems to be the case always but we'll see if some of these guys filling in can help this is special teams they they kind of underperformed on power play last year and they're uh like i feel like this i think they're the sixth worst in uh pk last year so that's something you have to improve if you're going to be playing in this top heavy tough division and the east conference in general totally yeah, it's uh, it, it's a big year for the Leafs, uh, that's for sure. And and uh, you know, I mean, we we have to talk about them in in the regular season, even though it would just be so easy to say, oh, it you know, doesn't matter. We we won't talk about the Leafs until playoff time and see if they can actually make a run. You know, haven't won a, a series since '04, but I mean, look, like this this team is going to be one of the top teams in the regular season once again there's no question third in this division is uh, where we have them and i like a lot of the of the signings that they made really underrated signings i mean nick ritchie two goals the other night he looked really good playing uh, alongside mitch marner and uh michael bunting now that is a signing that i really like by the toronto maple leafs and chad you and i have talked about that uh, over text quite a bit uh i'm i'm really surprised that arizona didn't bring him back to be quite honest with you because he was looking like a really good player for them 10 goals in 21 games so he has that scoring ability and uh he's got really good character uh won a gold medal with uh, team canada at the uh at the worlds in latvia and uh, he's got some sandpaper to his game as well. He scored that hat trick against the Ottawa Senators. So those two guys that are likely going to slot into the top six, personally, I would have Bunting on the first line and, and Richie on the second line. But I mean, uh, Richie looked great with Marner, like I said the other night. So those two guys that you added into the group that you're wanting in that top six have looked pretty good so far in the preseason so that is really encouraging david camp has uh camp excuse me has looked good in uh, in a depth role and uh if they can get lilligren uh up and and playing this year and taking a step that would be really really solid for them because uh he was a high draft pick and uh they could certainly use more young defensemen stepping into the lineup right away and not just uh have uh, have uh, it all on Rasmus Sandin. So, um, you know, Mrazek has been a solid goaltender the last couple of years. Jack Campbell, uh, when they brought him in, you know, obviously Kyle Dubas knows him well. I think they envisioned him 
taking over the crease at some point. He certainly did that in a shortened season, uh, and uh, we'll see what he can do this year. Obviously, it was a tough ending uh, for him against uh, Montreal in that series, but uh, this is a really good 1A, 1B situation for them. So, yeah, a lot of good depth moves by this team, and... um, I uh, I really think it'll it'll be uh, it'll be good for them. We'll just have to see in the playoffs. That's the only thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, number but three in this division, no question. They're going to be a good team. The la- in the regular season. Last thing I have to say about Toronto before we move on for them, and in record time talking about <laughs> Toronto, I think we we dragged on uh, talking about their defense for about half an hour last year. But I think I am alone on this island of not excited about michael bunting (laughs) it seems to be that every Leafs fan is uh blowing this up even though he's a player that no one knew who he was for the last three years and a player that couldn't crack the shitty arizona coyotes for the last four years so uh i'm not absolutely thrilled about that signing like it's just another depth signing to me although there's a lot of Leafs fans and certainly harper uh talking him into the top six and and um, a lot of hype around him but uh, that being said I, I love a change of scenery story always I think we all do and uh, yep. I really hope he makes me eat my own words very soon he yeah. has looked good in the preseason but mm-hmm. um, so has Jimmy VC. so it's like <laughs> what does yeah. this mean and as you, as you know from the documentary I don't know if you guys watched it or not um, but yeah Jimmy VC, very vanilla player has looked good in the uh, in the preseason, so I saw people in in our fantasy league, um, you know, talking about whether or not to pick up Bunting. He's been picked up like twelve hundred times since his hat trick or something like that in Yahoo Fantasy, and it's like, okay, <laughs> it, you know, it was preseason. This guy might get to start, you know, in the top six, but as of right now, it's Ilya Mikheyev on that second line, so he won't be starting in the top six. Plus, like. You know, you don't acquire a player like Bunting to play in the top six to score goals. You acquire a player like Bunting and similar to a guy like Richie to play in your top six to get the puck back. Like, you don't need any more goals. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like he's a, he's a good player. He plays with an edge. But I case, I actually kind of agree that there's been a ton of hype about this player, especially, you know, because he plays that that style and, and he's like Hyman, which, you, you know, you'd like and you recognize that you need a tenacious player. But, you know, the goal scoring, I think, is there. I'm not so sure he's going to score at the same pace he did last year. That would put him on pace for about like 40 goals or something. I think he, he could get 15 or 20, though, for sure. Um, if he plays in yeah. the top six all year, I think that would be uh, fair to to expect from him. So, yeah, just just wrapping up on the leaves like I think. You know, out of the teams in this division, um, and some of them are really good. Like we talked about the Florida teams. That rivalry is going to be unbelievable this year, by the way. Um, Fighting in preseason, that's hilarious. But uh, I just look at this team, and I think they genuinely improved. And they got a year older as well, which always helps, uh, especially for guys like Lilligren, who I expect to play more this year, and especially Rasmus Sandin. Um, And one more final point episode of final points uh topic of final points here on the leafs but i will say you guys remember last year um when we were talking about the power play and the leafs came out out of the gate and they had literally in through their first 10 games the the best power play percentage 
to start a season through 10 games in NHL history. Do you guys remember that? They were like 50% or something stupid through 10 games or like 45. And then like they finished middle of the league. And I said right from the start, I don't like I understand that this, this power play is going well, but they were running two units. And Wayne Simmons was there, and Jason Spezza was there, and, you know, uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton was there. And I just thought to myself, like, this makes no sense. Play the big four and your best defenseman, Morgan Riley. And so that's what they're doing this year. They changed power play coaches, and all signs point to running the big four with Marner in the bumper position, Tavares out front. Matthews and Nylander as shooting options on the wing, which we only have one shooting option all season last year, and it was Matthews, and everyone knew it. And then Morgan Riley actually quarterbacking the power play again, as opposed to Mitch Marner quarterbacking it. So I think the power play should come out of the gate hot again. The question will be, how long does the success last? Because I'm fully expecting some success with the big four and and Morgan Riley. So that's all I have to say in the Leafs. I just wanted to get that power play point out there. Yeah, uh, a, a great point for sure. A lot of money on that power play unit. Holy. <laughs> um, yeah, it, again, big year for the Maple Leafs and uh, like the moves they made, we'll see how it goes. So uh, we've got them in the third spot in the Atlantic. All right, uh, the Boston Bruins. We'll move on uh, to them in that number four spot. Uh, no David Krejci for them. So uh, a bit of a, a bit of a hole in the middle of the ice. Uh, they did bring in Thomas uh, Nosick from the Vegas Golden Knights and Eric Halla uh, as well, who was in Nashville last season. Uh, pretty good depth center. Um, and uh, their goaltending right now, the, the future for Tuka Rask is kind of unclear, but still a, a solid tandem uh, with Lena Salmark and Jeremy Swayman. So uh, obviously there's the big three on that top line, uh, Charlie McAvoy, talented young defenseman. He could win a Norris Trophy in his career. Uh, how are we feeling about the Boston Bruins in this number four spot, boys? Chad, we'll, we'll go to you. Case, you seem so eager. Go ahead. So, okay, Case, go ahead. Jump in there. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm saying I think this team is better than last year. This is not the direction that I thought the Boston Bruins were going to go in. And I I actually love looking at this team. I know they lost Krejci, but having, you know, Bergeron, Coyle, Howla, no, or Nasik, Nosik down the middle sounds pretty good to me. Uh, Nosik's probably the best fourth line center in the league, if not, you know, top five for sure. And I love this team's bottom six by a long shot. Absolutely love their bottom six. One of the best in the league as well. And then they've got that top line as always. And now Taylor Hall is helping out in the second line. I think last year, second line was kind of what we talked about a lot. We were a little worried there, but you know, there's kind of scoring all over the place. Now, Nick Felino's in there to, to bang around. He didn't do too much with Toronto, but I think he's uh he might be a Boston Bruin more than he is a Maple Leaf. So I really love forward on this team, really do. And then there's a lot of guys on defense that uh, Mike Riley, I guess I'll keep my words on that one. I guess he's an analytics darling now. Um, yep. Grizzlick's you know, uh, a big guy in my mind. He, I love that player. And, and McAvoy's unbelievable. Brandon Carlos turned himself into a, a very solidified, solid NHL defenseman back there. So there's some good defense and you know, this team is always going to be a, a uh, special teams powerhouse. Absolutely love their power play and their penalty kill. I think it was second in the league last year. I don't That's have right. it on the screen, but right. they're 
they're phenomenal. I, I saw it like last week. Um, so I love this team. I have some questions in goalie. You know, you guys were talking about Florida pretty hard, but I honestly don't like this situation more than I don't like Florida's. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a there's a couple options here of how they, they want to run with this. And Simon's shown that he can be a good goalie. And uh, Tuka Rask, it's, it's an injury situation. And he's had some talks that, you know, he, he's – He's willing to take a pay cut. He's he's willing to uh, kind of wait it out and and live on that LITR until they get to the playoffs, so they can do a Tampa Bay esque situation. It's like a lot of weird situations there, but um, given what they have on forward and defense, I'm not too worried about the goaltending situation here. So I really do like this team, and and fourth is maybe solid, but again, I could see them anywhere in the top four in this division. Totally. Same here. Like if they won the division, I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest. Like it's so, crazy. So they finished tenth in the NHL last year. And uh just to remind you here, Florida finished fourth in the NHL, Toronto finished fifth, and Tampa finished eighth. But like Boston, oh my god, like this team is gonna be so good and I'm you know I am sort of hoping that they meet Toronto in the playoffs again this year so that the Leafs can exercise their demons uh, or go down swinging. So that's what I hope. So I hope they finish two and three and then Florida goes four like I originally had. But yeah, the Bruins like allowed fourth fewest goals in the NHL last year. You know, we've talked about uh, like I think last year the chatter was, um, you know, that their defense wasn't that great. They had a few you know no named players back there but i think we can confidently say like that they've got you know a decent back end allowing the fourth fewest goals i i think as well probably some of that came from goaltending and not having Tuka Rask is going to be a bit of a a bit of a shock to them this year um or Halak and Halak as yeah yeah that's that's a good point that's true i forgot about Halak as the backup yeah that's right But uh, yeah, by the way, I think Tuka Rask might be the most underappreciated goalie in the NHL. Like uh, Bruins fans don't even like him sometimes, (laughs) like, but he's so good and has been so so good for forever. So yeah, yeah. I I think losing Krejci though, Case. um, I I know you're you're very high on on their offense, and I am too. I really like it, but I think losing Krejci is is probably it it's, leaves a bigger hole than than maybe um you know you alluded to he was fourth in scoring last year and and who do you think the top three were the big three on the first line so <laughs> it's uh you know it, it, he provided some depth scoring on that second line especially connecting with taylor hall uh after the trade deadline so i just worry that without Krejci. Hall might struggle driving that second line. So we'll see how his production, um, you know, goes this season without Krejci. But, I mean, nevertheless, like, they still have a really good bottom six. I'm just worried about depth scoring, uh, especially on that second line. Not so much in the bottom six, because I think it's better than most. Clip that beside where you said you're worried about depth scoring last year about these guys, you know, like that was the same narrative that we were running last year is that, yeah, this team only has one line that can score. And I don't know. I I feel like they, they proved us wrong. Right. Uh, But then also last year, like they had Krejci who had a really good season. I can't believe he's playing in the Czech league right now, tearing it up, like probably three points a game. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then also yeah. uh, they added Taylor Hall and those two just connected. And then finally after the deadline, we were like, okay, now this team has some some depth scoring on that second line. So I just wonder if losing Krejci, you know, might lose a bit of mojo for Taylor Hall. Who knows? Like he's still a great player, but I wonder if there's going to be some regression there. Um, I do like how they added Felino. Uh, I don't mind the Forbert signing or, or the, the addition of Forbert on the back end as well. Mm-hmm. Just another guy that you need to play NHL minutes, so that's good. Um, I'm really surprised they didn't bring back Big Z, if I'm being honest. Like, for league men, I don't know. I guess it's it's more of a cultural thing moving on ha- to have Bergeron as your captain now and whatnot. It's his team rather than Big Z's, but that kind of shocked me a bit. But overall, you know, on Boston, I think they're still a very good team, and they might finish fourth in this division as we're ranking them. They could also win it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, man, I, talk about a team that before you jump in, Harp. Talk about a team that needs to just go with the one power play. Yeah, like, I've I've seen they they're running with Marshawn, Bergeron, Hall, McAvoy, and Pasternak. Like, just run with that. Don't even play a second one. Give them two minutes every single time. Like, that's phenomenal. So, um. Yeah, they've they've got to do it just as the Leafs do. I uh, you know, any time like last year, I went uh, <laughs> if we if we go back and listen to it. I mean, at the time, the the Sabers roster looks so different. I was like, oh, like that that fourth spot could be wide open or whatever in in that uh, different looking Metro division last year. And I was pretty critical of the Bruins. Uh, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I mean, this team is always so competitive. Taylor Hall has fit in really nicely there. Like the Felino signing, Halla, Forbert, some of the depth that they've added. Allmark is a solid goaltender as well. Hasn't looked great in the preseason though. So it really could be Swayman who is starting on opening night, but uh, he showed in a small sample size that uh, he is a really good goaltender and they moved on from Dan Vladar. So it's, it's a great uh, opportunity for him, but I just, I am slightly concerned with uh, the depth scoring and there's two guys in particular. And one of them is Charlie Coyle, who really regressed offensively last season guys he went 17 games without a goal you can look it up uh it was not a great year for coil who is on a long-term contract with this team uh and what are we going to get out of jake debrusque this year with the boston bruins that is another question that i have will they move on from him uh will he uh get his offense back because i you know i think the potential for him to, you know, have that 25, 30 goal season is there, but uh, we just have to wait and see. But regardless, Boston's a great team. They're, they're a pain in the butt to play against. And uh, this core is, is looking to win one more. So um, yeah, they're top four in this division. That's for sure. I'll say this just as we wrap up on, uh, on the Bruins here, if Allmark is not the starter, I'm going to freak out because he's my third goalie in fantasy and like I need him to be good. And so if I don't have him as my third to come in and win some games for me, I'm going to flip. You heard it here first. (laughs) 
Just saying. Well, he uh, he better be good with, uh, you know, depending on how long Rask is out as well. But uh, re- really keeping a close eye on, on Swingman as well. So that, that could be a really good tandem for them. Uh, that fifth spot, the Montreal Canadiens. And again, what an incredible run in the postseason for them going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, they lost Corey Perry. Uh, that is uh, a key player that, uh, you know, was so good in the postseason for them. He goes to the defending Stanley Cup champs. If you can't beat him, join him, as they say. Uh, they did add Denny Savard on the back end. That will be huge considering how Shea Weber isn't going to play a game this year. And, guys, some really tough news that came out today about their franchise goaltender, right? Carey Price, he has voluntarily entered the NHL Player Assistance Program. It is a minimum of 30 days. Uh, We don't know if he's going to be in there for short or or long term. Um, And so that is definitely a huge concern for the Canadians. And so um, I guess that's why... Mark Bergevin went out and got Jake Allen, right, to have that solid number two guy. They have Montembeau to uh, to back him up and a couple of solid goalies in the minors as well. Um, you know, guys like Jake Evans are going to have to step up. Nick Suzuki, you know, can he uh, continue to uh, show that he's a true number one center? Christian Dvorak looks fantastic for them so far. And another thing, really happy to see Jonathan Drouin back in as well. So, um, you know, it was a Cinderella story uh, for that uh, the Montreal Canadiens were last season. Definitely do see them taking a, a bit of a step back this year, just with some of the guys that aren't going to be in that lineup for a significant amount of time. Uh, so definitely have them in the fifth spot. Case? Yeah, there's a couple of players here that I think they have a, a huge opportunity. Obviously, Dvorak is... is- probably loving his life coming up here instead of playing in Arizona. That's a big chance for him. Um, the but I think like you said, with, well, <laughs> I suppose. Um, without Weber, this is a big thing for Romanov. I think his, his ice time is going to skyrocket, especially Good after point. the playoffs last year with how well he played. And I still really do love their, their decor. I'm a huge Ben Sherratt fan. Uh, he just plays the game so hard and he's tough to play against. And so is Dennis Savard's or David Savard rather. So that's a, that's going to be a tough back end to play against. Yeah. Goalie. That's a, that's a tough blow. And, and you never want to hear that clearly, but Another person who this could be a big opportunity for that you didn't even mention, you, well, you kind of did, was Caden Primo. And I think that he, he kind of struggled in his call-up last year, if I recall. But, you know, two years ago, I remember him playing a few games, a couple games maybe, and looking pretty good. And then he played well in Laval, and it's like uh, I'm kind of excited for him. I kind of want to see him get a chance here, even though they did pick up multiple. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. You know, we, we broke up this division in uh, – in two sections and that's the top top tier and then the bottom well i kind of rank these guys closer to the top tier and and i really do think that they could have a chance if a couple guys really really light it up to uh to maybe beat out one of those top four teams that we mentioned before and chad you you, you said uh conference finals earlier but they went to the cup finals last year we can't oh, forget about that's this right. with that this team and uh and yeah so that that's a scary thing they've got a few injuries to deal with but it's a good-looking roster here. 
I definitely meant cup finals. That was yeah, stupid. I know, I know. Like, obviously, I had to watch this team play for the Stanley Cup, which is just a joke. Um, but yeah, like, it's not, you know, I, divi- I divided this division into two at the start. Uh, again, like, sort of facetiously. Like, you can't say that Montreal doesn't have a shot. They went to the Stanley Cup finals. You can't even say that a team like Ottawa, who is young and fun, doesn't have a shot. Like, they're going to be a lot better than they were last season. But it's just like the nature of this division. It's super top heavy. And, uh, you know, it's super tough to, to make the playoffs. So if a team like Montreal makes the playoffs, it'll definitely have to be as a second um, wildcard spot from the Atlantic, I think. I just don't think that's very likely, um, you know, given how good the Metro is. But you know what? We'll see. Um, Yeah, this team finished 18th in the NHL last season. I don't know how many times I've mentioned that on the podcast, but uh, (laughs) far too many because they should not have made the playoffs last year and they went to the cup final. So there's that. Um, They lost their best defenseman, arguably their best defenseman. You can say... You know, maybe it's Jeff Petrie now who will be able to step up and and be, you know, their their number one guy. But they lost one of their best defensemen. They lost their starting goalie um, in Carey Price for a minimum of 30 days. I believe Mark Bergevin said that he's not expecting it to be any longer than 30 days. And uh, Carey Price's wife put out a statement, um, you know, just talking about mental health. And so I think that's what it is. So there's no real timeline. Uh, right now, but I don't think it'll be longer than 30 days. And I, I thought about this a lot today because um, it actually, and and this isn't to minimize the the degree of the issue at all, but um, it actually has a very big fantasy implications as well because how many games is Carey Price going to play versus how many games is Jake Allen going to play? So when I was doing that today, I still don't think that Allen will play more than, than like 45 to 50 games because I don't think Price will miss that much time. So I think they should be fine. All of that being said, I mean, Jake Allen was better than Carey Price last year in the regular season, and he has been for the last couple seasons. So I don't think it's as big of a blow uh, right now in the regular season as people are making it out to be. The playoffs is where it will matter because, of course, that's where Carey Price is his absolute best every single damn time. So... Um, you know, they also lost some depth scoring in, in Kotkaniemi and Tatar, but I don't think they used either of those players properly in the first place, as we've talked about on this podcast. So I don't think that's a huge loss for them. They added Dvorak, which is an upgrade on, on Kotkaniemi, and they got Druen back. So I actually think this team might be a bit better than they were last season um, on paper. But again, just like Florida, I see a few prime regression candidates. And the first one I look at is Tyler Toffoli. And so this has nothing to do with IPP. It wasn't a a huge deep dive on Tyler Toffoli, but I just looked at his shooting percentage last year and uh, he shot 18% and he's a career 11% shooter. So I understand, you know, being in in Montreal and it's a new situation. So maybe, you know, playing with different players can impact your shooting percentage, but that's a lot to be impacted. And I I was also looking at um, Evolving Hockey's uh, model on this. and, And this is actually from the athletic not evolving hockey case we still need to get our subscription to that by the way just pointing that out for evolving hockey (laughs) but uh yeah so Toffoli has always been a player who generates a ton of high danger scoring opportunities but the problem is he hasn't been able to finish at uh, a higher rate than expected ever 
until last season. And last season, he blew it out of the water. Like, he scored about 10% more than he was expected to. And so you can chalk that up to luck, shooting percentage, maybe more high-danger shots. But at the end of the day, it just seems like he's a prime candidate to regress. So I think you're losing a few goals there. But then who knows? Like, maybe Josh Anderson has, you know, a bit of a better season. You're also getting Dvorak, who will be better than Kakinyami. So it's the whole thing of, like, net goals. We don't really know how that's going to shake out. But I don't think this team is bad by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, no matter how much I trash them. And if Alan Atmansky is listening right now, I do like this team. And I'm not trashing them, brother. So you can rest assured. Um, but, but yeah, so that, that's my thoughts on Montreal. I think fifth in the Atlantic is a perfect spot for them. And who who knows maybe they even squeak into a playoff spot yeah they uh you know they added mike hoffman in the offseason as well he uh he can score some some goals right. and so you know they lose to tar who kind of fell out of favor there especially in the postseason and uh we've got a full season of cole caulfield to look forward to as well right i mean this guy could score anywhere between 30, 40 goals and win the Calder Trophy. So um, it, it's going to be great to see a full season out of him. And, uh, yeah, uh, wishing Carey Price and uh, Shea Weber all the best. Um, and, uh, yeah, for, for Carey, hope he uh, gets through whatever he's going through and, and gets back soon because, uh, you know, very important part of this team. But, uh, Case, like you said, you know, we've got them in this fifth spot, but uh, they could uh, certainly bump out one of those teams and, and squeak into a, to a spot in the postseason. So um, still a, a very good team. All right, the Ottawa Senators in the number six spot is where we have them. Uh, uh, obviously, they are – Heavy in the headlines right now, Brady Kachuk is still unsigned. DJ Smith has come out and said that they are prepared to start the season uh, without their future captain. Um, Colin White is out four to six months. He needs uh, shoulder surgery, and uh, they signed a pretty solid veteran uh, who was on the team a couple of years ago in Tyler Ennis. One year, $900,000. So with the White best out, player it's ever. A, <laughs> I with feel white like, out like, it's a it's a good opportunity for for ennis again uh look pierre dorian says the rebuild is is over this was an excellent team in the second half of the season last year but uh definitely still some concerns i think and that's why we've got them at number six so case talk a little bit about the ottawa senators yeah i i feel like harper has stock in tyler ennis or something and like the more he hypes him up the the more he returns some dividends or something like because god the man loves tyler ennis just an absolute fanboy holy casey he told me that michael bunting is his new tyler ennis he told me that the other day wow he told me that he was going to name his firstborn tyler so that's weird (laughs) that's really weird um yeah you know, we don't actually all have these guys ranked at number six, but because um, yeah, I put them seven. at seven, but I, oh, I already, right. I already concede. I started looking back at this team, and I was like, you know what? Sure, they they they're better than Detroit still. Um, this team is like the land of the sleeper picks. It seemed to uh, seem to be in fantasy that a lot of these guys were listed as guys to pick up very late because they can blow up like Drake Batherson. He's going to get an extended look in some top six time and, and and put the puck in the net. Same as Josh Norris. We know Timmy Stutzla is going to be good. Um, 
yeah, they got to get their shit together and get Brady Kachuk on this team very quick, and then it looks much better. The way yeah. it is right now, without White and Kachuk, I still have them at seven. But you know, getting Kachuk back is gonna gonna change things a lot. We know I'm pretty high on Nick Paul and and, and some of the other guys on this team, but uh, it just screams ifs and buts and maybes and whatnot on this team, if you ask me. Uh, even so on the on the back end as well there's a lot of question marks there for me uh, i like zub and shabbat and then from there i'm a, I'm a little little worried we still don't really know what brandstrom's going to be on the back end it's it's kind of concerning and then goalie is the the biggest question mark of this team for the last three years now like is matt murray ever going to return to what matt murray can be and and if not who's going to be the guy um They've got a couple options in, in uh, Felix Gustafson and and Forsberg and uh, you know a couple options they lost the cord so big question mark back there and they're going to be playing in a tough division so uh, I just have a tough time being too excited about their season although I'm very excited about the outlook of this team going forward. Yeah, same here, Case. I mean, I think we're all in agreement with that. We love their future, but they're just not mm-hmm. ready yet. I think they're missing a few um, significant pieces now, and maybe those pieces come from within, from players growing into uh, you know star players. Maybe it comes from you know free agency this off season or or what have you. But yeah, they're they're still not quite there. So I'm you know sixth is fine for me. I think they're better than Detroit and uh, obviously Buffalo. So I think we're all in agreement there. I will say a couple points you made uh, with regards to to fantasy. Like Ottawa is sleeper heaven, like you said. Drake Batherson might be the most you know underrated fantasy player right now. I mean, depending how your league is is structured, but um, and, and then Brady Kachuk like has he, he takes a ton of shots, makes a ton of hits. Like if he's in the lineup, and I have him in fantasy, so I need him to be in the lineup. Uh, this team is way better, and also it, he's a fantastic fantasy player to have. So Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Brady Kachuk. Tim Stutzla. I have three out of four between my two fantasy leagues, so I'm really hoping oh. <laughs> for, uh, for for this team to, to do well in terms of fantasy points. I thought, anyway. you said, I thought you were saying you had them all in our fantasy league. I was like, wow, no. you're putting a lot of chips in the, in the, the sense here. No. So, so in, in my other keeper league, I took Stutzla and Norris because, you know, why not? And then, like, I think they're going to be good. And then in ours, I have Brady Kachuk, obviously, so I'm just waiting for him to sign but it doesn't sound like he's gonna get done but you know i i guess we'll see like we said off yeah. the top this is a thursday night recording if something happens before <laughs> two before monday you know you can't blame us because we didn't know yeah 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 I, I, again just to reiterate what you guys were saying you know i love the outlook of this team i mean they have such a bright future and uh, I, I do think especially looking at the back end there's two guys from within who are going to make that back end a heck of a lot better in the future and uh maybe as soon as this season we saw a little bit of Jacob Bernard Docker uh, towards the end of last season. And depending on how North Dakota does this season, we could see Jake Sanderson get in this lineup uh, late in the year as well. Um, The only question mark for me would be down the middle for this team and kind of what their plan is there. Um, Is uh, Timmy Stutzla going to be their, their, uh, you know, is he going to be on the wing or are they going to have him in the middle? Obviously, Josh Norris is 
proven that he's uh, he can be a first line center, which has been really nice. And then uh, what uh, what did they decide to do with Chris Tierney and Shane Pinto? I've seen a lot of people say that uh, Pinto should be their second line center and have uh, Tierney in the number three spot. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and then uh, a lot of concerns on the back end. Love that Shabbat and Zoo pairing. Zaitsev has actually been pretty decent there, former Leaf Chad, and he, you know, he's yeah. actually played pretty well in Ottawa. But uh, yeah, we're we're still waiting on Brandstrom, like you said, Case, and then they've got Mete, Delzato, and and Holden. You don't really know what you're going to get out of those guys. So um, anyway, Ottawa's going to be better this season for sure, but it's a tough division. I just don't think they're quite there yet uh, to be a playoff team. Yeah, I got I got two things I want to touch on there before we move on from them. Uh, Both points Hart brought up. Uh, Shane Pinto is another guy like Michael Bunting that there was suddenly like you know 22 1200 whatever it was pickups of shane pinto right away as soon as uh white went down it was like pinto 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 you know getting those beans into you so that they can they can get some fantasy points the other one is that um i was really excited of how how this team progressed last year and it's to harper's point of the younger guys on the back end and forward in that I saw a lot of moves at the beginning of the season last year where they brought in Derek Stepan and uh, Watson and Dadanov and Ennis and a bunch of kind of veteran players. And I'm like, oh boy, how is this going to shake down? Are they going to play these guys in the top six? Is this them trying to say they're ready to win? I didn't really know how that was going to play out. And then about halfway through the season, they went, okay, play the kids, let the kids play. And it worked so well. And it looked so fun to watch. And it was really exciting Ottawa Senators hockey for once. And uh, I hope that's going to be the case this year. And it seems like it's going to be so far. So that's, that's my excitement with the Sens is they're going to let the kids play. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, All right, quickly, we will get through these uh, bottom two teams. So we've got the Detroit Red Wings in that seven spot. So uh, we'll start with them. I mean, they're going to be a a little bit more improved. They get Alex Nedeljkovic. uh, So he is uh, going to be the starter uh, with Thomas Grice as the backup is what we're expecting. And uh, they added a guy like Pia Suter as well, a couple of defensemen uh, in there, and uh, Lucas Raymond might even make this team as well, their first uh, their first round pick from the 2020 draft, but uh, still, they're still rebuilding, it's still going to take a few years for this team to, uh, to get out of the rebuild. Uh, Chad, uh, your thoughts on the Detroit Red Wings in this number seven spot? Yeah, just overall, like I, I think we're in agreement that they're still, you know, towards the end of their rebuild, I would say, um, in terms of drafting high picks. Uh, so I think right now they're just in the development stage and they're going to be good in a few years, but I don't think they're they're quite there yet. So I don't think that's crazy to say. But when you look at this team, um, you know, especially the, the players that they've drafted, wow this team is going to be so good in a few years. Like they have so Mm -hmm. many good players and you know, we haven't even seen Mort Sider who is going to be an incredible defenseman in the NHL. Uh, We haven't even seen him because he's been playing, uh, you know, overseas. So him, you know, and then Lucas Raymond, and obviously they've got uh, Philip Sedina 
you know, so they've got a, a million guys as well that I didn't mention, obviously. But they, this team is going to be so good. And, and Detroit Red Wings fans, like, just, you know, good times are coming. And, and believe in Stevie Y because he turns yeah. around franchises. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't have much to say about this team, but that's exactly the point that I want to bring up and, and why I was kind of hopeful about this season going into it, looking at some of the young guys on this team, is that in my mind, Stevie Y has this like this weird factor, this weird anomaly that he actually ages players at 1.5 years per year. So all of these guys are going to grow exponentially playing for CBY and it seems to happen it happened in Tampa Bay and I'm really looking forward to see what Zadina can do Lucas Raymond Rasmussen uh Moritz Sider that's going to be exciting so there's a lot of young guys that are going to get to to see the ice this year and and I'm excited for them and there is a few players on this team that can play there's Bertuzzi and Larkin and Vrana is an absolute stud on this team ever since he came over so there's a lot of uh, exciting things there although Tyler Bertuzzi is going to miss a lot of games this year playing in this division and so not being able to go to Canada yeah yeah, yeah Vrana uh, yeah out for uh, out for four months with an injury oh, so yeah. well, um, that sucks but I thought you were <laughs> yeah. saying he was also unvaccinated no no no, no. but but uh, like Pia Suter, I think was a great signing, and I watched a preseason game uh, last week between the Red Wings and the Sabers, and uh, like what a player Robbie Fabry has been to them. Like just totally. not only on the amateur side, but like Iserman and uh, and Pat Verbeek and his staff can also do pro scouting really well. So they're just doing so many good things there. I should mention as well, a little Tampa Bay connection that they did add Mitchell Stevens. Uh, so I, I think he'll be a great player in the bottom six there as well. So um, still going through the rebuild, heading towards the end of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be looking at another high pick uh, this season for sure. But the Red Wings are going to be better. All right, guys, let's talk about the Buffalo Sabres. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, there there's not much there's not much to say about this team. You know, it, it, it sounds like things are heating up on the Jack Eichel front uh, and a trade may get done soon is uh, medical records are being provided to teams with interest so that is good because um you know they they need to move on and they need to focus on this young core that uh, is headed into another rebuild and it's unfortunate the first time around it didn't work out and uh now it's guys like rasmus Dahlin, casey middlestad and dylan cousins who are uh leading uh this uh new era and trying to uh, develop that new culture uh, for the Sabers, and so um, it, it's it's going to be a long season. I mean, there's no question. It's a great opportunity for these guys. You know, you look at the forward group. Casey Middlestad is now your first line center. Dylan Cousins is your second line center, and he's kind of struggled in the preseason. So we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, it's it's an opportunity for a lot of these young players to really find themselves. And uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch. And then looking at the back end, guys, I mean, oh, my goodness. It's basically Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Yokiharu as your top pairing. And then it's a bunch of third pair guys, right? Like it's Will Butcher, who we got for 
nothing from the Devils case and, and uh, you know, Colin Miller and Robert Haig and Jacob Bryson, Mark Pesic, and, uh, you know, it's a bunch of third pair guys. And then <laughs> looking at the goaltending duo <laughs> right now, so... Pekalukanen's gonna. <laughs> yeah, this is a good side of fiber. Actually, laughing. Yeah. You, just, just, that. just being real with it, boys. Just, just being real with it. And uh, you know, UPL is is a young guy. He's gonna start the year in Rochester after struggling in in the preseason. I think that's a good move. He's still a young guy, goalie of the future. And uh, Aaron Dell, who has not looked good at all, he's gonna go down to Rochester. So. Um, you know, your tandem is Craig Anderson, who's 40 years old, and Dustin Tokarski, who has been a very good AHL goaltender. So there's no question that, uh, you know, this franchise is uh, looking to move on from Jack Eichel. And I think it's going to be all future assets in that trade when it gets done. And they're looking at these two drafts, right? They're looking at a chance to get um shane wright uh and or uh connor bedard as well uh so can only be or with the new rules (laughs) true that's That's right right. eh? that's right that's a good point uh so anyway gonna be a long season they're rebuilding again i am excited about this young core uh but yeah it's uh it's not gonna be good i heard a funny thing uh uh, today, you guys, the new 32 Thoughts podcast came out, and uh, it was uh, a fantasy one uh, that uh, Jeff Merrick and, and uh, Elliot Freeman are doing with a couple of their co-workers at Sportsnet. And uh, Jeff Merrick said, okay, so for the Sabres, over or under 16 wins this season? <laughs> <laughs> And oh so I was pretty uh, I was pretty upset to hear that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's Buffalo or Arizona, right, for that number one pick. So uh, anyway, that's my spiel on the Sabres. I'm uh, not going to try and convince you guys that uh, they're going to be any better in this division. They're going to be dead last. That's for sure. So uh, what do you got on the Sabres before we wrap up? Because we're almost out of time. This this tandem would have been pretty good seven years ago when Tikarski <laughs> was playing well when Price was injured and Anderson was uh, not 41 years old. So that's tough to look at. And then, like you said, that decor is also tough to look at, even though I am a Colin Miller and Will Butcher fan, but Butcher has just kind of fallen off. Um, it'll be good to, to see him get a second chance with a new team. He was very good in his rookie season and in Denver, but he's he's certainly fallen off and even lost his rights to the playoff or the power play in uh, New Jersey. So uh, tough situation for him. And and yeah, it's a very AHL esque team for sure. Although there is a few nice little pieces up front and Dylan Cousins and Olafson, but it also seems like there's a lot of guys that I should feel a little bad for on this team because they they kind of had a good season or, or, or played well for their respective teams, gained a little value, and then were added into trades because they finally had value to their name and then got traded to Buffalo in Henestrosa and Bjork and uh, Cagula. It's like all these guys, you know, they, they finally played pretty well. And then I was like, oh, you're valuable. We're going to use you in a trade. Yeah. <laughs> and here they are in, in the hell of Buffalo. Oh. <sighs> It's tough, man. Harp being a being a Sabres fan these days, but you know maybe uh, in the future it will get better. And I want to emphasize the maybe on that one. 
Uh, I want to end off this episode. I don't have anything to say about the Sabres. I just had a few questions to ask you personally. Um, and so first, this is, I, I believe, asked on uh, the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Would this team make the playoffs in the KHL? Like, serious question. <laughs> Se- serious question. Like, they would in the AHL. They would be a good team in the AHL. But would this team make the playoffs in the KHL? I don't know. So I was asking I- you. I, I don't I don't know either. I uh, you know don't uh, don't pay too much attention to uh, to the KHL. So anyway, well, well I don't what know. I'll say about that is that I think Jeff Skinner would be a forty goal scorer in the KHL. He might be. <laughs> He's like one of those players that if he jumps ship and and learn to live in Russia, he could he could make a living out there. Uh, yeah. A Reed Boucher esque player, but yeah. um, I don't know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. I, I have a few more questions as well. Harp, did you fill out the uh, the John Vogel Sabres fan survey in The Athletic? Did you fill that out or no? No, I didn't Perfect. fill that out. Perfect, because no. there were a few questions from that that I wanted to ask you. I filled it out, and so now The Athletic just has oh, my geez. opinion on the Sabres, which I don't think is good. But uh, f- first question was, do you think Casey Middlestat will be a number one center in the NHL? I, just quick, just quick, no, yes or no? No, I don't. No. Do you think Dylan Cousins will be a number one center in the NHL? Quick, yes or no? Yes, I do. Okay, that's how I answered as well. Do you think that the Sabres will have more or less than their worst season in history um, during their first rebuild, which I believe was 53 points? I could be wrong this season. Do you think they'll have more or less? Yeah, it was, uh, before I answer, it was like 21 wins or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I would say about the same or maybe a little bit more. Like, they could have 55 points this season. Okay, and final question, and then, I like, I am done. We have gone so long for this episode. I got to pee. Like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> but uh, but last question is, do you think Uko Pekalukkanen is – going to be a starting goalie in the nhl i do i do yeah he's very talented and he's still very young rochester is going to be a good team and we've got a lot of prospects now and so a bright future is ahead guys i I really think so don granado i think is going to do a great job with these guys and and develop them and uh just need nyko trade to happen and then uh things will be a little more clear and we can finally turn the page and uh focus on this season and the future ahead so sorry i just yep. puked a little bit in my mouth when you when you talked about jack eichel trades again <laughs> all right that's uh that does it for uh episode 101 to recap uh the atlantic division we've got tampa bay in one florida and two toronto and three boston and four montreal and five ottawa and six detroit and seven and or uh, buffalo in the eighth spot so uh guys thanks for this have a great uh thanksgiving weekend and uh we will talk to you again next week this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month 
at www.patreon.com slash boys in the booth. 